My guest today is a chiropractor who can heal your body, but definitely touch your heart with her incredible life story. Hi, I'm Dr. Sima Goel, a Montreal chiropractor, a wife, a mother, a sister, a friend, and now an author of a book called Fleeing the Hijab, A Jewish Woman Escape from Iran. I believe in living my life freely and living my life fully. So I invite you to do the same. Dr. Goel, thank you so much for joining us on the couch today. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine. I'm really thankful that you sent me your book. Um, and you sent it to me a while ago, so I had time to read it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for reading it. <laughs> no problem. So, I mean, tell me, this is an amazing book about your life and your experience um, leaving Iran. So, how did you come to write this book? I hear your family really pushed you. <laughs> well, about in 2009, I was invited to speak at a fundraising. And there were about 800 ladies in that evening, in that event. And at the end of the event, so many of them came and asked me to please document the story. And years mm -hmm. before that, my both, both sons asked me to write the story. And I thought, fantastic, I'm going to start writing it. Now, English is not my first language. I had no idea what it takes to write a book. So I Googled it, and I found out <laughs> that to write a book, you need 75,000 words. And I thought if I write 5,000 words every week, by 15 weeks, it would be done. Let's give us uh, some leeways. Okay. Six months, it would be done. Six months later, it will be on all major bookstores <laughs> in the world. Well, I had a big awakening. It <laughs> took lo much, much longer than uh, six months. It right. took five years to really wow. write the story and to document it. And the reason I wrote it is because so many times we feel victim in our lives. And so many times we say, because of what happened to me, I cannot achieve my goals. And because of what happened to me, I am who I am. And I wanted to change, to share my story, to maybe inspire others to take charge of their lives. And I found it, when I finished writing this book, it was weight lifted off of my shoulder. Okay. And it was a cathartic experience. And it was liberating as well. Right. And as well, uh, we talked about it off air, it was a forgiving that to myself for what I've been through and those people who were in my lives politically as well. Mm -hmm. Because when you forgive, you set yourself free. Right. And you wanted to leave a legacy behind. Yes, well. for my boys, because many people in like in, I was speaking at the convention in Montreal and one of the questions the high school student asked me, so tell me, why did you cross the desert? other than freedom, right. other than the longing for freedom, people don't realize that not having the freedom it touches on every aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like if 
I would sit like the way I'm sitting here without my hair covered in Iran, that would be a crime. Mm -hmm. Not being able to go to school, not being able to read the books I wanted to read, not being able to listen to the music I wanted to listen to, not being able to hike the mountains I wanted to listen to go to hike. And the fact that at 13 and all of these problems started when I was um, in 1978, when I was 13 years old, right. I, they were burning Baha'i's houses in Iran, in Shiraz, where I come from. And I was traumatized over this, right. that if they, nobody was defending them and nobody was condoning what was happening. And my best friend was a Baha'i, and I had another best friend who was Muslim, and I was going to private school, non-denominational for all, all the for religions. And my best Muslim friend was bullying the Baha'i friend and telling her they should have burned your house too. Oh, wow. And I was traumatized over that. And I asked her, what is the and name of so your, at 13. Mm -hmm. And I, this event was going on for this setting on fire was going on for a while. And I researched the name of the prophet, which is Muhammad. And I, in the dictionary, and I found out Muhammad means peace and tolerance. So I told this bully, what is the name of your prophet means? And she didn't know. She okay. went to the principal, and I got suspended from school for three days for defending a friend. Oh, and no. that was the catalyst that four years later led me to the desert because there was mm -hmm. no... For freedom yeah. and justice. Yes, mm -hmm. justice, freedom, and to be able to make my own choices. Uh, it's not as if I wanted to... The choices that we take for granted here. Right. Our teenagers think that the world is coming to an end if they don't, they cannot purchase the latest designer outfit. Right. But the fact that they have everything they can, they can read the books they can, they can listen to the music right. they want to, they can hike with the, their friends, they can go out, they have, they can wear the clothes <laughs> they can wear. Nobody tells them right. they have to cover themselves from head to toe. That is, a gra that is a freedom that we have that we take it for granted. Right. And I it's like somebody who's never been hungry. If you've never been hungry, you don't know what it means to be hungry. But if somebody writes a story to show you what it means to be hungry and you can relate to that, then you can be grateful right. for the food that's on the table, yeah. no matter what <laughs> it is. And you do such an amazing job describing emotions in this book, I find. It's very detailed and it's beautifully painted. Um, Thank you. And when, as a reader, you can really put yourself in the person's shoes and have a good understanding of that emotional moment. Thank you. you know? And one of the things that uh, I loved in the book, and that gives us an idea of the kind of woman that you are, even as a child, is actually the description of your mother. And yes. I find that um, you had strong women around you who, who wanted you to be independent and smart and, and able. My mother was my hero. And um, who, wherever I am in my life, is because of her strength. She's the one who mm -hmm. told me, get out of this country because it's not going to, you, you won't, either way I was going to die because the life that I was living there, that was no life, it was slowly dying. And mm -hmm. she said, if you have nothing to live for, you have nothing to die for. If you have nothing to die for, you have mm -hmm. nothing to live for. So 
get out and we knew there was danger mm -hmm. but at least even if I died it would have been died trying right which would be better than sitting and waiting and not having the life that I wanted and it wasn't a straight line it means so many mm. people tell me okay so how did you get out how long it took you to come to Canada I didn't get into airplane to right. come to Canada and I had to get out with the smugglers and they promised a few minutes of walking. It ended up being hours and the, the terrible things that happened during that desert crossing is all detailed in my book. But the fact is that night when I was crossing the desert, angels come along in so many different ways mm -hmm. as well as evils that are it made my faith stronger that, you know what, there is a bigger purpose. picture, there is mm -hmm. a bigger purpose, there is someone that's watching you, just keep on trying. Right. And that's the, my message for those. I mean, being a human, we all face our challenges right. and we all have lessons to learn. But no matter where you are, there is always hope and there is, you can become mm -hmm. your better, better version of yourself. Right. Just don't give up. Right. And sometimes you, s you become a better version of yourself once you overcome some obstacles. And that's, you were saying off air that it's part of the strength mm -hmm. that, that people have, not just women. Yeah, it's just overcoming these obstacles and being uh, courageous uh, is definitely something that, yes. you know, you don't want to be a victim of your past, but no. you want to use your past to build as a strength. springboard exactly. to get on. And that way you'll build, because you where you were, you can have more compassion right. for, for others. others and also saying, okay, I've got as low as I can, as I, it's possible. Mm -hmm. Now it's my turn to learn the lesson, to own my own power and to move forward right. and to be a role model for those who can't. So when I came to Canada, my, uh, when I was in Iran, I couldn't continue my school because my best friend got arrested. Okay. And my mother's colleague came to our house and she said, you're on the list as well and they're going for, coming for you. So I had to leave my home. Mm -hmm. And for about one year, I was homeless. I was going from city to city, home to home in Iran. And at the, at the end, I ran out of places to live and mm -hmm. I had to come back home. And I was staying at home for six months, not leaving the house, not leaving my room right. because of the dangers that was um, around me. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't go to school. So my dream was to one day be able to go to school and study in the field that I could, that it was meaningful to me, and to share my story, eventually document my story. Right. And it came earlier than I thought, because I thought I'll write about it in my uh, retirement. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> and when I, when I met my husband, I told him that I have this uh, wish. And he says, yeah, we're going to write it when we retire. Well, it came a few years, many, a uh, couple of decades earlier. But I'm happy I've shared it. Those who have read it, uh, everyone that reads it takes different, uh, right. means different to them. Some people told me that they didn't know Iran was so beautiful. Okay. And I was in Rome with my husband a few years ago, and we went to see Colosseum. But as beautiful as Colosseum is, the 
beautiful architecture that we have in Iran, the buildings and the poetry and the gardens and the flowers right. and the people. I wanted to separate Iranians from the Iranian politics. That okay. was another goal of mine in the right. book. And I saw that you quote, you do a lot of quoting in there of poetries and, yes. and sayings and, and they're beautiful. Iran mm -hmm. is a rich culture. Iran has a rich culture and it's a magnificent country. And um, I love Iranians. Right. And the book, in any ways, wasn't about politics. It was no. about your experience. And there are really strong theme in there about family and courage and perseverance and overcoming obstacles and fears and, and uh, forgiveness. I mean, I was mentioning that to you off the air. One of the things for me, uh, based on my experience, that really that I connected with was that theme in the book, forgiveness. Yeah, that was the twist in the book. And for me, the last chapter was the hardest chapter to write. Mm. And it's emotional. Very, it's very, emotional. very emotional, but it was a gift. Mm. And when we talk about forgiveness, many people believe, and I used to believe that too, yes, I forgive this and I forgive that, I forgive him or her, but it's really not about forgiving others because who am I to forgive them? It's about forgiving ourselves for the experience we've been through. And mm -hmm. that's when we lift off the weight mm. and we let our true essence to shine. Right. Beautiful. Well, I definitely recommend the book. Thank and, you. And uh, I do have a question in terms of writing the book. Because you were saying at first you thought it would be six months. It yes. ended up being five years. Um, what advice do you have in terms of writing a book? and the roadblocks that maybe you've encountered? Oh, I've had many roadblocks. <laughs> uh, but um, number one, if you have a story, just write it. Mm -hmm. This book has been rewritten at least 10 to 15 times. Oh, wow. And at the end, it wasn't 75,000 words. It was 225,000 words, and we cut okay. 50,000 out of it. Oh, wow. Um, so that's number one. The dilemma for the new authors is that if you're not a famous author, mm -hmm. no publishers want to deal with you. Right. You need an agent. If you don't, you're not a famous author, the agents don't want to deal with you because they're not going to make okay. that much money f with you. So I went and I had a smaller publishing company okay. at the beginning. But... My pub I had a radio interview with New York at the beginning of January, and I called my publisher, and they opened, they told me that they're going to, didn't you get our email? What email? We're closing down. Oh, no. For the, to redistribute their debts. Okay. And they didn't give me my royalties. So, oh. but you know what? Book. It's all good. <laughs> I needed, it was journey. a message that I needed to share, and I know this message would touch the heart of those who read it. Right. And I now self-publish. So self-publishing has its pros and cons, but a lot of uh, authors self-publish now, and hopefully a big publishing company will pick it up. But if you do have a story, just Share get it. writing. Get right. to computer, start documenting, <laughs> start writing, and don't give up. And it's normal. There are times that you don't want to write anymore. Right. It's part of the journey. Don't label it. It is what it is. 
share your story and inspire others. And another reason that I wrote the book, I love reading. In Iran, I couldn't read the books I wanted, but okay. I read anyway. So this was my humble gift mm. back to the literary circle to share my story. And okay. I'm really happy for that you did. writing well, I'm happy it. you did it as well. Uh, Fleeing the Hijab is a great book and it's not about politics. I feel like it's really about the heart and about what makes us human and overcoming um, obstacles and being courageous. And I thought it was very inspirational, especially for women. You know, women have around the world have still have many obstacles to deal with. Yes. And I think this book is great for any woman to read. Thank so you. thank you so much for writing it. Thank you, thank you to I your voice for encouraging add, you. Thank you. And I may add, um, it's not just for um, more mature women, it's for anybody above grade uh, six or seven, because I've had teenagers who read the book mm -hmm. and their life, the way they look at life is right. different. And they said, I oh my God, that. if yeah. you've done what you, if you've done whatever you did and considering your limitation, then right. I can do more. Mm -hmm. And I feel that we need to embrace that and we need to put that seed in our teenagers right. or in our adolescent so they can appreciate the great life they have and whatever right. is lacking we have the opportunities in this country to achieve there is nobody putting locks <laughs> on your feet right. and covering you up you can achieve all your dreams regardless of what it is all well the said. loving dreams <laughs> come true. That's what I say. Well said, yes. And then to, to go from being a chiropractor to an author and sharing this beautiful story about, you know, uh, fleeing from Iran, it, it's just so beautiful. And so thank, thank you. you for sharing it. Thank you for coming on the couch thank today. You. Thank <laughs> you. I am honored. Thank you for uh, sh one, sharing my story. My as pleasure. Well. And thank you to you guys for joining us on another episode of Couch Talk. And of course, make sure you watch the next one. <laughs> Bye.